let's get ready to podcast! You're listening to Crime Watchers. Crime Watchers is an unauthorized, uncensored recap podcast for the biggest television show of the 2000s, Crime Stoppers Miami. I'm Kent Montagna. And I'm Piper Beckett. We wrote, directed, produced, and starred in this show. You know what they say, Piper, crime doesn't (laughs) stop itself. That's what they say about crime. They do, and they also say crime doesn't watch itself. But what I say is that's where we come in. And where I come in is through the back door. Uh, I come in through the back door because these pesky uh, homeowners associations of security guards have been uh, patrolling my neighborhood morning, noon, and night, and I've been having to sneak in through. Uh, I cut out a back door into the house. They weren't built with them. Um, we didn't build these houses with back doors in order to cut costs. So I cut a back door into one of the houses, and I've been basically sneaking in that way. And by cut, I mean uh, tour. Yeah, and I come in through the bathroom window. That's right. I am the person that the song's about. I'm the Beatles fan who broke into, I believe it was Paul McCartney's house. It could have been John Lennon's house. I don't remember. I like them both equally. Well, you were, uh, it is is interesting because you are um, protected by a silver spoon. Or or what, what is it they say about you? Protected by? That's right. That's Protected the next line. By a silver spoon. That's me. Uh, and and who are your parents? And how much money do they have? And what is their job? And what is their net worth? You know, and I can actually I have worked, some. <clears throat> I actually worked really hard to get to where I was without any help from my parents. Having the Beckett last name did nothing for me. In fact, I think it actually made it harder because people I had like more to prove. And as you no, and I don't know why you're not being sensitive to this, is that my opportunities have sort of dried up in my older years, so I don't even know what my parents have anything to do with this. And is that Beckett, Mercedes, Lexus, and Audi, we sell all the cars in the Miami-Dade area? That is them. Well, I can see how that that would not create any of these sort of uh, connections for you that could be useful in getting into this uh, industry. Okay, Besides, actually, of my dad was a major league baseball player before he was a car dealer. So, even, even further afoot, he worked with his, his hands. Name. He worked with his hands. You know, sure. Um, uh, there's white collar guys. There's blue collar guys, and then there's guys that don't even wear a collar. They wear a uniform, a jersey. Uh, little stripies. With little stripies. Let's check in where the culture was at uh, when episode seven of Crime Stoppers Miami aired on uh, the idiot box, as I like to call it. <laughs> oh, stop. You call it my best friend, the best box in the world, the box of life, the box of truth, because that's where all the best stuff comes from, the television. Television is like a box of chocolates. Specifically, Ferrero Rocher chocolates. When you open it, you know exactly what you're going to get. Oh, I used to love those. There's I can't eat them anymore. There's only one type in there. Yep. So let's check in where, and I would call it the boob tube, but unfortunately, um, they don't, uh, back when this show was airing, uh, we were not so 
um, enlightened as a culture, and they wouldn't let us show much of that on the show. They would let me show my crotch and my crotchless uh, uniform, but they would not let boobs. Well, that's a little something known in the industry, uh, in the standards and practice department, as the one hemisphere rule. <laughs> you can be naked either waist up or waist down, not both. And we and and once and you've made a decision, once you've <laughs> you made can't a decision, take it back. no backsies. Exactly. Uh, so let's check in with where the culture was at. This one aired. October 23, 2003. What do you think about that number, I Piper? think it's a lucky number. Auspicious? Auspicious. A lucky number. Uh, o- Michael o- Jordan's number. October 23, 1, 2, 2, 3, 2003. Uh, it is very auspicious. It's Michael Jordan's number. Um, his the number 23, Jim Carrey. Ooh, highly auspicious. We're currently in the year... 2023 i can see signs like this uh everywhere i see for example uh right now i'm right now i'm looking at my desk i have a candle on it it's the only thing lighting the room i have one candle on it uh well what comes after one two two three and i have two fingers on my hand but i also have three also fingers on the same hand and what does that make a whole hand and what do hands do they write television exactly um thank you and i am um (laughs) i'm thumbing through my almanac here and i see that october 23 uh october 23 it's weird al's birthday that surprises me he's only he was born on october 23rd It's in the Farmer's Almanac. It says he was born October 23rd. Farmer's Almanac. But we're talking about October 23, 2003. He's only 20 years old. Oh, okay. Uh, And I am actually now paging through your Farmer's Almanac, and I'm noticing Ryan Reynolds was also born on October 23, but he turned 23 on October 23, 2023. Are they related? Hmm. Could they be uncle, nephew? Who knows? They could be, and they should be. And, uh, and, and we did forget to mention, Piper, you are here. You are, as you just said, you're thumbing through my farmer's armor neck and, um, you are here with me today. We usually do record these, uh, remotely. Yes. I had to be in Toronto for a procedure. So I decided why not come in through the back door and, uh, do a little in person live sesh with Kent. And your legs are looking longer, so I w- I take it that the the operation and they better worked. be looking tanner. Yes, the, yes, they do. They look um, they do. They look alarmingly like uh, Bob Saget, uh, <laughs> who I believe uh, what? played uh, Danny Tanner in Full House. <laughs> oh um, yeah. So I'm wondering, was there a mix up there with the surgeon, or is that the uh, result you're going for? So it is kind of what I was going for. I was, I actually was going, f- I was going for Danny Tanner one side, Uncle Joey other side, just for a little visual interest. Because I guess now in Hollywood, to make it, you have to have a unique look. Yeah, yeah. I'm so looking I'm do- at your. <laughs> I'm looking at you. Okay, do do a spin for me. Yes. Ow, ow, yep. Ow, and so ow, there you ow, go. Ow, you got ow, your. Ow! 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 Professor. Ow! 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 Oh, oh, oh my 
my doctor told me not to spin until two weeks after. I thought I could do it. And so you must have had over there ow, at ow, um, ow, over there <laughs> at Toronto General. You must have had a uh, doctor uh, Voldar Mort do your operation because you do appear to have a you, you appear to have had the uh, Professor Quirrell done on your legs. Do you have an ice bath? Or a sensory deprivation chamber. October 23rd, 2003, the Concorde <laughs> took its final flight. It's a retired... The last flight of the Concords. Write a song about that. Crashed into an island, it says here. They Very sad. 324 souls on board. There were 72 survivors. They actually made a documentary about it that came out on ABC the next year. It's a big hit. There were... Huge hit. Polar bears Wish I could have been in it. But I was too busy making Crime Stoppers Miami the best show of all time. Also, t- October 23rd, 2003, kind of a bummer. The whole Iraq thing was still happening. Russia sent a dog to space. School of Rock was number one on the domestic box office charts. Were we in that? I think we were. I think I was in, I think I was in that. I uh, think I was in that. The early aughts for, for pretty much everyone us included, were... <laughs> a crazy, a wild and crazy cocaine time. Cocaine blur. Uh, everybody was doing it. Um, cocaine was at its peak post-9-11. You, you practically couldn't order a, a friggin' burger and fries without them a side sp- of sprinkling cocaine. cocaine oh, uh, uh, an American burger with American cheese, a side of freedom fries, and a, a little dipping container, not of aioli, uh, but of... Um, uh, of 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 pristine white snow for your nose. And the five people you meet in heaven by Mitch Albom is number one on the bestseller list at this time. And I think the t- TV episode that we're about to recap reflects that. And um, what I'd be interested in um, is: are there any of of uh, 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 short stories by Mitch E.P. Mitch, uh, something LP. like something. Mitch, Mitch E.P. Well, he's you Wait. get it. You understand. Yeah, you get, I get the you joke. Kind of what we're doing here, baby boy. <laughs> yeah, it's cute. Baby boy, baby boy, baby boy. You stay on my mind or something like that. <laughs> by Beyonce and Sean Paul was number one on the charts. Uh, not on any charts that I care to pay attention to. I'm more interested in, uh, you know, the S&P, the Dow. Uh, and Get Low was number two. And we are going to get so low with this episode. We are going to take a deep dive into the episode seven of season one of Crime Stoppers Miami. This one was called Taken. Um, I remember when you came up with the title for this episode, Piper, we were in the uh, writer's room and we had um, come up with the idea for the episode and somebody said it needed a title. And um, and, <laughs> and I threw my said, coffee mug across the writer's room table. You, exactly, you did. Uh, exactly, no, you it did. doesn't. <laughs> uh, I think the episode speaks for itself, actually, is what I said. And then you got up and you stormed off. I said, where are you going? You said, I'm taking a shit. <laughs> and that is... And that, folks, is the story. 
that's how, how the sausage gets got made. Called taken. And extruded. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We opened on uh, Abby. We opened on Piper's character. I think it's fitting that you named this episode because we opened on your character in a cold open. A lot of times this show doesn't start with a cold open. We'll sort of do a soft open or a warm open um, where <laughs> do we you do think a the long... opposite of cold is soft? <laughs> well, okay. Let's go with that. When something is cold... It's uh, if something gets cold enough, what happens to it? And that's not a rhetorical it freezes. question. It freezes. It freezes and it gets hard and it gets AC and it has shards and stuff. How, I, but if you asked a child, say, hey, what's the opposite of cold? Do you think they'd say soft? If they were smart enough to know <laughs> what you what I was thinking about right there. <laughs> um, now, of uh-huh. course, to throw a wrench in the works... Some things get hard when they get hot. Name one. <laughs> well, I, I don't need to. I don't need to spoon. Yes, feed you do you. need to. I don't need to spoon feed you there. Uh, I am protected by my silver spoon. Nipples. Okay. Nipples. Okay. I'm Nipples and women's genitals. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So we open on Abby waking up in her bedroom and this particular principle that we just discussed is on full display. She's got her conscious panties. Um, We can see the science of how how things get hard when they're hot right here because um, she lives in, she lives in this insane mansion. Everything is um, gold diamond all the stuff that really turns abby crystal yeah she likes luxury she gets hot over it she gets horny over chris crystal and um it's so interesting that you're reading it this way because i think it was just kind of like a normal like that's what rich people do and you're kind of making it into like a like a sexual like i i fuck my gold faucet my character fucks my gold faucet kind of thing <laughs> well i am looking i revisited the um the actual screenplay here the 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 teleplay from the episode and it says um we we open we open on abby waking up in her bed uh it's a lavish four post with golden sheets and sexy red carpet she puts her toes down into the shag and she moans like a horny kitty she pads her way out into the hallway. Oh, you pad, sexy kitty. You go. That's in parentheses Wait, in italics. Um, she goes. She comes out to the banister, the diamond-encrusted banister, and she flings one leg up over it, and she shimmies her way down, thrusting. Uh, and oh, and yeah, you have and your copy goes, as well? Here, yeah, yeah. And, she goes, and make sure you oh, get on the mic while you read yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and she goes, oh, that feels so good. Mm-hmm. I am going to get off on this banister. Anyway, so she... Okay, t- I, can see, I can see your point. You're, the way you read it there, with, where you're just reading it normal and <laughs> flat, normal. Yeah. I can understand what you were going for. And that's the importance of tone which we'll talk about later in our uh, in our Patreon where we teach you how to act. We often had a conversation in the writer's room about how we were often trying to get the network to give us a sarcasm font. Font. For the show. <laughs> for the scripts. For the scripts. For the scripts, they would, they would always say to us, why the, f- 
the there was this one network guy. He would always say, "Why the fuck did you submit me this script in papyrus again?" And I'd say, "It's whimsical." I remember. Abby exits the house. <laughs> what I want to know about this scene, rewatching it now in terms of where our head was at with making this episode, was why did we do the whole part with her in the house? Because now she's exiting the house. Why do I, I want to see well, somebody I, in a house if now they're going out of it? That's a really good question. And at the same time, it's also not a good question because you just saw all of this character development, all of this background for Abby. I already knew she was, I already knew she was like that. Yeah, but you wrote the show. So the audience maybe didn't know that. that. Okay. So, but now the audience You can see at the moment you look at her. You can tell the moment you look at her that she's a sexy little kitty. She doesn't wear any crotches on her (laughs) pants. Yeah, and just keep in mind that when you talk about her, you're also kind of talking about me. <laughs> well, and that's interesting because I don't think you should sell yourself so short there because you're an excellent actress, Piper. You really I are. I really actress- did completely change who I was for this character. Um. Anyway, I think she. I think it also builds up. This is a a slow burn to a sort of big reveal, right? So she. Yeah. She leaves her house, and we think she's going to get in her car and head to the station because she's mm-hmm. in her crotchless uniform, but she actually walks down the driveway, gets on the sidewalk, and which just we goes. think we think it's a sidewalk on a regular neighborhood street, but it's not. No. Because she walks up to her next door neighbor's house and what does it say right on the front door on a big, big, big column that has um, this etched into it. It says the governor's mansion. That's etched into the column. They didn't go with a sign. They etched it um, kind of the column. vertically into the column. And that was a product of um, just kind of the back and forth with um, production production design you know um we it has to be a column i i really fought for that column yeah it was exactly and um what's cool about this is we find out oh this is how much money there is kicking around the governor's whole compound because this it's practically like its own gated community you know Governor's um, Way is the name of the street. We I forgot to say that we part of that soft opening was it was so it was a long fade with the opening credits where we basically started a crossfade with this scene in the opening credits pretty much from the zero second timestamp, long three minute crossfade, and we saw that Governor's Way um, sign in there. And a common sort of joke that we would drop around the the set or the writer's room after that was um, gov- uh, Governor's Way, how much? Because, of course, we <laughs> had a guy... As much as your mother. ...who was bad at um, spelling had made the sign. And he had spelled it <laughs> Governor's... W-H-E-Y. Yeah. So like, uh, she lets so herself. Anyway, 
<laughs> she lets herself into her <laughs> parents' house and she goes into the kitchen and she is just screaming her little head off. She's saying, I'm here. Make me breakfast like you do every morning. So it's very, very clear that this is what she does pretty much every morning. Goes next door, gets pre- breakfast from her parents. And she is stomping around and kind of knocking stuff over saying, feed me, feed me. And she finally makes her way to the dining room. Um, She already is tucking a napkin into her shirt and is holding a fork and knife in either fist. And she sits down and notices, okay, something's different. Her dad, the governor is there surrounded by staffers at the table and he is on his phone. (laughs) Not how most mornings go at the governor's mansion. Um, Usually you don't have a sort of a scene where early in the morning the governor would be doing work with staffers and being on his phone. No. Um, being governor is mostly easy job. It's yeah, mostly This job isn't in the show. In, yeah. Job this sign. This isn't in the show. Checks. But, but, you know, I think it's clear based on the way Abby is acting that she always is used to having a private breakfast with her mother and father and nobody else. And you can tell because she's really annoyed. She starts complaining she's and yelling even more. Yeah, she's saying, no. Daddy, get off your phone. Father, father, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Get off your phone. There was um, the 2000s, the man child was very big. It was a big thing that everybody was ah, the meatloaf. doing. What's that? And what was that? And so do that one again. Ma, the meatloaf. Yeah, and so is that Home Alone? What is yes, that? Yes, I think. I don't know. I don't remember. I saw it on YouTube and in a GIF. I saw it in a GIF on YouTube. We wanted to subvert, right? We wanted to say, yes, a man can be a child. And but a, chi- guess a, who child, else? a child could also be a child. And guess who else? A woman. I am woman. Hear me whine. Exactly. That is that's how we sold the show. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and they were like, sold. Uh so after this little tantrum, the governor hangs up his phone and sets it down super solemn and even has tears in his eyes. And he says, he, Abby. He hangs his head as well. He hangs he, his head, he hangs he, his phone, and he hangs his head. He, and he says, Abby. I have something awful to tell you. She goes, what? There's no breakfast. There's no French toast sticks with a little cup of frosting. It's funny. She says that because there is right in front of her that, but she's so upset. She doesn't even know he hands it to, he hands it to her (laughs) and starts feeding her and starts feeding her as he's talking. And she's talking through a full mouth about other breakfast items that there's not. Yeah, there's no locks. And, and to make a point, the, lo- <laughs> the governor goes over. He, 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 the front door, we did a visual bit here. It's got a whole <laughs> row of like eight different locks, padlocks like different dead and bolts, deadbolts yeah. and latches and combination yeah. locks and yeah. intricate puzzle boxes. He goes over, he spends about four <laughs> minutes doing all those. He comes back over to Abby. Her mouth is all fucking full of French toast. It's all, this frosting is all over her face. It's French toast with frosting. 
It's everywhere. She's basically got a Santa beard full of frosting at this point. Governor's yeah, crying. It's gross. Holy, he's crying. He's crying his dick off. And Because your mother. Oh, your mother. Your poor mother. Oh, your mother. It's your mother. Your poor, poor mother. Daddy. Daddy. What is wrong with mother? He goes, she's gone missing. Oh, my God. Is there, like, some pre-cut fruit or anything that I could have? This was a place where we sort of wanted to subvert, you know, because for so long, in terms of men and in terms of women, you've often got the women are the emotional ones. And I'm talking about the media here, not the real world. I'm talking about how they're portrayed, you know, Uh Uh and you got the guys who are the strong, silent type and they don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. That's what I imagine a guy often sounding like, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. And we said, what if you had a, what if you had a chick that didn't want to talk about it? Yeah, well, she wanted to eat. About it. About it. And people loved this at the time because nobody else was really doing anything quite like this. They ate it up like breakfast. They ate it up like a governor's breakfast. Abby's digging in. She's eating her big breakfast. The governor, he's explaining to her, and we actually almost get this in. We did this very artfully. We had a um, director of photography who was really tremendous. He did a um, lot of commercials for Gold Bond Foot Powder. Um, Mm. Really, he was really a ninja. And he said, what if we do voice what if we do the governor's off screen here he's talking we're just on abby eating we hear him explaining we have a ransom note it's for five million dollars someone kidnapped your mother you know won't you listen to me won't you look at me abby my daughter my only my only daughter i'm talking to you um and abby's just going like me so hungry i'm so hungry i'm so not till i've had my breakfast and she puts down her fork and she looks at him and she goes, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. And we I, cut. She, well, that's not all she says. She goes, okay. I, I forgot. guess I can take care of this, but I am still really hungry. And so she keeps kind of eating a bunch of breakfast yeah, she keeps eating the breakfast. We had um, we can't really stress to you enough how much of the we can't stress to you enough how much of this breakfast she had eat she was eating in this scene. Um, it's like um, I had been watching. There's a there's a Monty Python's Meaning of Life. There's a sketch where there's a guy he eats so much food he can't eat anything more, and the waiter offers him a wafer thin mint. But, sir, it's wafer thin. And he goes, oh, I couldn't possibly eat another bit. And they go, but, sir, it's wafer thin. And he eats it. It's wafer thin. He, he explodes. He explodes everywhere. And Wait, I, so what was the meaning of life? 23. So we cut to the com- commercial. commercial. We had a gold bond foot powder. 
obviously. Commercial here. We got the guy to do it for us on for scale. He did it for scale. Um, and, and can you remind me what that means? <laughs> we gave him a. We gave him some coke. We gave him some. You know, you call coke fish scale. Um, because it looks like fish scales, really nice and fine. We gave oh, not because you put it on a scale to weigh it out. Well, no, because the amount that we were going to give him, we didn't want to weigh that because how much does the governor weigh? Little, and I'm laughing. I don't know. It doesn't look like it, but I'm laughing a lot. (laughs) Uh, It's an inside joke, so it wouldn't feel right to share my laugh with our listeners on that one. When we come back, yeah, you're right. When we come back from the commercial, I've been watching this um, on my on my VHS here that I we've been watching these on the VHSs that we corded off the TV when yes. it was playing. Um, so we got all the commercials, all that stuff. Um, we come back in from commercial. We did a nice crossfade in from the commercial. Um, mm-hmm. And so a close up of somebody's foot with gold bound on it, and they're leaning back and going, ah. And it and they, match. It's me. It was me. Exactly. And it match fades into a. Um, so so we've got Piper, who's caressing the her foot, and it matches to Cal caressing a gun. And he's playing yes. with them. He's basically doing flips and tricks <laughs> with his guns and stuff at the station. Abby, That's where we are now. Yes. We open back up on the station or we crossfade into the station where Cal is looking at all the different guns, playing with all the different guns, doing tricks with them, kind of pointing them at other police officers and detectives being like, wouldn't it be crazy if I shot this gun? We wanted to have fun with this show. Um, in the 2000s, <laughs> and you'll remember... It was a time when people were doing very serious um, television. Everything was had to be so. Oh my god! Everything was so serious. After school special, message yes. based. Uh, don't smoke weed. Don't be smoke nice to mom and dad. C- cigarettes. Um, ad- ad- adopt. Don't abort. And everything was like all about that. And, and it was boring. We wanted to say it's fun to smoke weed. It's mom and dad suck, you know. Um, Parents just don't understand. Ditch, ditch the crotch rat. And Abby was like, it's my, it's my mom. She comes in, she rolls in hot. It's and she just says to it's Cal, my mom. It's my mom. <laughs> it's my mom. Cal goes, where? He goes, no, it's not. He goes, where? <laughs> No, yeah, it's, he says, no, he it's says, not. Where? No, where? It's, he says, no, it's not. Where? No, it's not. Because, and, and I thought that that was a nice bit of character development. Because here is a guy who's, here's a man who's learning. Because he starts by saying, no, it's not. He doesn't look for the evidence. He's so sure of himself. You yeah. know, um, Lord grant me the strength of a mediocre man is something that you often said in the writer's room. Yeah. Right? Like when our... <laughs> and then somebody was like, don't you mean mediocre? And then I... And you said, you know what I did? no, I, I my don't. Coffee mug. You I said, don't. I'm sure I don't. I don't. I mean mediocre. 
and I threw my coffee mug at the wall. Cal investigates. He looks. He opens his eyes. He's had them closed while he's been playing with these guns. (laughs) He's got a blindfold on, actually. He's wearing a blindfold. He takes the blindfold off. He says, where? He looks around. Yeah. He says, no, it's not. (laughs) Abby says... Well, no, okay. it's my, my mom. mom. She's been kidnapped. She, yeah. Well, okay. No, it's my mom. She's been kidnapped. <laughs> Gal says that's a weird way to talk. <laughs> Why'd you say it's your mom when I don't know anybody's been kidnapped? Okay. Well, I'm sorry, but my my mom is gone and she's being held for ransom. What do you even want me to say? I want you to tell me what she looks like so we can Wait. find her. No, that doesn't matter. She's not like missing, missing. She's kidnapped. We need to find the people who took her. We need to know what they look like. Is she tall? Is she short? Is she brunette? Is she redhead? Is she platinum blonde? Does she got big bazoombas? Does she got four arms? Does she got six arms like Goro from Mortal okay, Kombat? What's going on. on with her toes? Does she have webbing between her toes? Maybe she swam away from us. If she got webbing between her toes, she could be halfway to Timbuktu by now after having swum across the Asiatic Sea. I need to know what she looks like. Okay. Um, she's thin, and she's blonde, and she has blue eyes. She's really, really, really pretty, and re- looks like she has a lot, a lot, a lot of money. And, I mean, if you're looking at me, you're kind of looking at my mom, right? People say we could be sisters. I'm she not looks- looking at you. I got a blindfold on her. Do you got one on, too? Can you even see that? Why did you put that back on? Why did I put one on? I don't know. Anyway, she looks like me, and she looks really young. Incredible piece of scene work. Um, <laughs> and do we ever find out why they both put blindfolds back on? Uh, well, you know, we did a lot of stuff in this show that was metaphorical and that was symbolic. They um, were blinding themselves to the truth. Kel... He takes a look at the ransom note and he detects in his mind that it's probably environmental terrorists. He goes, I'm doing a little detecting in my mind and what I've detected is it's probably environmental terrorists. Um, and yeah. what, And Abby's like, okay, what, why would you say that? Well, he shows her. He, he goes, he, he goes, he goes, um, he says, what's this paper made of? Take a look at it. Feel it. Smell it. Mm, Wipe your no, ass with paper. it. Paper. It's have made to. of paper. It's made of paper. He goes, you don't want to wipe your ass with it? Okay, fine. Be my guest. No. It's um, kind of like the paper you write on, not the kind of paper you wash wash your ass with. Yeah, maybe you don't wash your paper with ass, Cal says. And he says, wait, wait a minute. He goes, he gets an encyclopedia. <laughs> he turns the paper. He reads the whole entry out loud to Abby. And there's a part in it that says that paper is made from trees. And he goes... And all the other police and detectives are crowding around <laughs> to learn this, too. Everybody's listening to it. Um, <gasps> Paper is made from trees. Paper is made from trees. Paper is made from trees. And they all start whispering it to each other. They're sending a message, Abby, Cal says, literally, but also metaphorically. 
It's environmental terrorists. And also, he explains, he looks at the ransom note, he goes, it says they want $5 million to plant trees with. <gasps> and then we cut to commercial. I thought that this was such a good place for a cut um, because the scene was <laughs> over. So we... I thought so too. Got a commercial here when this originally aired and I taped this in the... Uh, Toronto area, which is where we filmed the show. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a commercial here for Dairy Queen. Yeah. For blizzards. It was a commercial for blizzards. Yeah, and it what was did a you PSA, think of this don't turn them upside down. A PSA for don't turn them upside down. Yeah, we made it. Um, <laughs> we made this one and because I had, um, <laughs> had a bl- I had had a blizzard that I'd been eating and I had lost most of it when I had turned it upside down. Because yeah. most foods you could turn upside down. That was down. actually a slushy. It was a slushy. Name of it was a slushy, but what what had happened was I was worried that the same thing could happen with a blizzard. Because it was snowing outside. Oh, and I was that's eating a, a slushy. It was snowing outside. I lost my slushy when I turned it upside down on my head. To try to protect myself from the snow from outside Wait. where I was going what? through a door. There was snow. It was coming down. It was a blizzard. I was eating a slushy. I was inside. I was going to go outside through a door that was open. I took the slushy. I turned it upside down on my head to protect myself from the snow. I lost most of the slushy. I was looking at the snow. It was blizzarding. I said, same thing could happen with a blizzard. We got to sue Dairy Queen. And in lieu of doing that, we just created this PSA. Don't turn your uh, blizzard upside down. Something really bad could happen. And we can't even tell you what it is. It would be so bad. And then we start a new scene. We end up somewhere else. And we end up with Cal and Abby doing a little detective work yeah they are following a canvasser for the sierra club yeah it's one um, of those clipboard people yeah cal points out he goes look at look at there she is she's one of those clipboard people you know let's um let's stalk it's let's let's stalk her and find out where she's going and abby's like yeah but we can't use that word anymore. We can't say we're stalking people anymore. We keep getting in trouble for doing that. It was funny because we were so ahead of the times, actually. Because we mm-hmm. made this in the early 2000s when that was okay. Oh, yeah. I mean... Cops on TV were all the time on TV talking about stalking. One of the biggest shows that they... One of the biggest shows that they used as a lead-in for us on the network, because they were doing a different show every week, was this show yeah. called Cat Callers. And it was just a catcalling competition. Yeah. You know, it was uh, America's Next Top Catcallers was the full name of the show. America's Next Top Catcallers, A-N-T-C. It was a huge show. Yeah, I... It doesn't hold up in retrospect. I watched it on Tubi, but um, at the time I loved it. I thought that show was so funny. They couldn't. But now I, I denounce it. They couldn't figure out what the show was because right. it it was three acts. <laughs> but I loved it when it was on. It was three acts. They had um, in the in one of the acts. It was men guys construction. It was construction guys. It was all construction guys. Or just guys that they had dressed up in construction stuff. I don't know. 
It felt real though. For sure. It felt real though. I mean, these guys were yeah. hot. Um, <laughs> trying to get women to suck them. That was the first act. Yeah. Second act was they had, um, they had a, they had phone. They had phone. Uh-huh. You could use to talk to. Um, they would go to people who were on missing their cat. They could talk to their cat on the phone at home. Oh, cat calls. Got it. My cat phone home was the tagline. They <laughs> <laughs> just for that that <laughs> part of the episode. <laughs> for that segment. And then what was Act Three? Act Act Three was um oh for cat different contestants for all these for segments too act three for cat callers <laughs> was um they had um they had um these jazz guys they had these guys they were jazz guys and or just maybe people they dressed up as jazz guys mm, but it but felt, it felt real it felt very real. The music was bad. <laughs> you had to try to get, um, you had to call her. The, well, and what was interesting about it was they had these jazz guys <laughs> or guys they had dressed up as jazz guys who played very bad Whatever. music and you had to try to um, dress, you had to try to dress them in a shirt or catch them with a leash. You'd dress them in a shirt or catch them with a leash <laughs> that went around their neck. A shirt that would go around their neck or a leash that would go around it to catch them. We had to do one or the other. That uh-huh. was, and so you had the construction workers trying to get, the, the guys dressed up as construction workers who looked very hot, trying to get women to suck them. You had people who missed their cat having a phone conversation with the cat, feline cat, my cat, phone home. And you had the guys who was dressed up as jazz guys playing bad music who you had to put a shirt on or catch with a collar, with a leash. And it was a huge hit. Yeah. Yep. So they are stalking a Sierra Club canvasser, one of the clipboard people, and they are like, Hey lady, we just want to talk. We just want to talk. We just want a little bit of information. And so she comes over and then they spray her with mace. Uh, and she drops her clipboard when they spray her, obviously, cause she's not feeling good. And it's really, it's really, really funny. She pulls out her mace. It's a classic subversion. We got a scene woman, scary nighttime walking through the dark you've got people in pursuit she's looking back over her shoulder the light is catching her hair as it flips back over her fearful eyes she's like a she's like a a helpless doe she fumbles in her purse she pulls out her mace she turns towards the police and what did the police do mace her they mace her and she drops her clipboard and I said and it was funny, but it wasn't. I don't know if I said it was funny. I don't know you if did I say said it was it funny, w- but it I wasn't disagree. Funny. It was not funny. It was very funny. serious. It wasn't very funny at all. <laughs> it was funny, <laughs> peculiar. Strange. Uh, she drops her clipboard, and there's a list of names on it, and she runs away. So Cal and Abby pick up that list of names, and they say, we've got a lead. And they say, where should we go look at this stuff? And... Cal goes, how about the night spa? How about the night spa? We, you know, Cal and Abby, what's interesting about them is um, they understand that there's different ways of getting your work done. And sometimes yes. you've got to let... Kind thing, of the original remote work 
Exactly. People. You know, sometimes you got to let things marinate. And so they let yeah. themselves marinate in the sauna at the night spa. They're hanging out in this For bath. what it's worth, I think people should go back to the office. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think people are sitting on their asses not doing any, 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 anything at home and they should go back to the office. I absolutely. <laughs> Even if they're sick. I absolutely agree. Um, you know, there's nothing more important in this world than work. Well, and that's why we're doing this. Right. Right. We're be- working. This is work. And yeah, and- I might be sitting in a house and in a comfy chair and no boss breathing down my neck or anything. But that is because I worked really hard to get to where I am. You drove across the country. No, and not the way you think. Not hamburger style. Hot dog style. You drove across the country hot dog style in not a brand new Audi, a lightly used Audi uh, off the uh, off the lot, off your father's lot. It had been lightly yeah, used. Yeah, and the security detail behind me were not driving, driving in it. new BMWs. They were driving in used BMWs. You showed up to All Hollywood with nothing but a... A last name apartment to live in. And a nice face. Rolodex. Yeah. Cal, he, you know, (laughs) he gets a little, they're in their night spa and their sauna. Cal's got a little hibachi grill out. He's cooking (laughs) meat on it. It's a floating hibachi grill. And it's Um, taking forever to cook because it's not, the grill isn't actually heated. It just is heated by whatever's in the, the, whatever the temperature (laughs) of the sauna is. So it's a funny scene because Cal keeps, um, he goes, I got to get this. He goes, I got to get this. Because this meat's not cooking. I got to get this meat hotter. And he keeps uh, turning up the sauna, you know, the, uh, or whatever it's called. The hot the tub. sauna. He's turning up the hot tub. Well, a sauna oh, is, a- <laughs> does a sauna have water in it? No. No. So they're in the hot tub. He's got Wait. this floating hibachi grill, right? Wait a second. We said they were in the sauna. I meant the night sauna. It's like a, it's a sauna you sit in. Oh, a night sauna is a hot tub. Night sauna. Yeah. Okay. You're in yeah, the night, night sauna. sauna. It's a Miami a thing. A night sauna is a hot tub. I remember we had to explain this to everyone when this episode came out. It's a my. It's a Miami thing. It became a very big T-shirt that a lot of people were ordering, and it's how we sold the show too. <laughs> We went to the executives. We said it's going to have this specificity to it. It's going to have, uh, yeah, it's going to have booze. It's going to have broads. It's going to have cocaina. Um, it's going to have everything you associate with Miami. Um, it's a Miami thing. He keeps turning up the temperature on the night sauna to get the hibachi hot enough to cook the meat. And, and Piper's uh, like, or. Um. <laughs> I'm sorry, Abby, not me. Abby, my character is like, uh, you know, I'm actually not really all that hungry. You don't have to, you don't have to do this. I had a really big breakfast. Oh, once you taste this meat, you're going to be ravenous is what. I mean, the meat's going to make me hungrier. And there's actually a cut in the scene um, right there because Cal didn't really have an answer to that one um, because Abby actually set a line that wasn't, written in the script you know the way that we had yeah. scripted it cal says uh oh once you eat this meat you're going to be uh, ravenous and the way that i had written it in the scene in the screenplay that i've got here is um 
Abby goes, uh, uh, ooh, nummy, nummy in my tummy. You're so good at cooking meat for mummy. <laughs> and, you know, I remember at the time, and this is kind of the behind the scenes stuff that people come to this podcast for, I assume. But at the time, I just was reading that and I was like, that is nothing like me and my character. That's not something Abby would do. WWAD. And so I use a little bit of my groundlings training to say, well, what if instead of saying yes to this, I (laughs) asked a question um, and almost kind of said no to it. How is that meat going to make me, how is eating meat going to make me hungry? This kind of creative tension is what made our writer's room work. You know, you and sometimes not work, honestly. Peter. Well, but even when it didn't work, we, it, we even when it didn't even when it didn't work, we were working because we. Well, you and I were. Always were working rat hard. Sometimes wasn't working. The little rat, Peter. He would try to come in with a solution. He would try to come uh, in with. A, he would no, say, no, 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 no. The tension is the solution. Exactly. He would say, "Oh, how is the meat going to make me hungrier?" She says, and then Cal says back to her. He says, "Um, you know, uh, to, he says uh, touche, uh, but it's going to be so delicious that you're going to want more of it." I'd say, "Shut the fuck up, Peter." Peter, Peter. Let's just Peter. cut oh, the scene. Right after she asked the question and st- start it up again, start like a piece of tape else. got lost. Start with something else. And here's what they start with. Cal, Cal is, is looking at the list of names from the Sierra Club canvasser and yeah, goes to Abby, you know what we're going to have to do, right? Yeah. She says, I know. I know. We got to have sex with all, we have to have sex with all of them. Yeah. Is what sucks. she guesses. And he goes, no. What? What? We got to kill every person on this list. The conspiracy goes too deep. And she says, she actually, she was underwater. She pops back up. She says, just like this night sauna. I can't seem yeah, to find a foothold. Yeah, I thought these were supposed to be like three feet deep. Yeah. Um, so we did a fun sort of visual gag there. And Bojack stole a lot of stuff from us with that kind of thing. Um, yeah. And also being like really uh, smart is kind of something that we did first. Smart viewers, astute viewers, of which we mm-hmm. had very few at the time, will uh, have noticed and wondered why, how did Abby have a line of dialogue while she was underwater? And the answer, of course, is that even smarter viewers will have noticed she was wearing a um, uh, snorkel, a big snorkel. Which you can talk through. Which you can talk through a snorkel, through the little pipe. Not many people know this. Out of the top of it, and she was having a conversation with Cal from the bottom of the night sauna with her long (laughs) snorkel going up out of the surface, and she came back to the surface because through the night snorkel she smelled that he had finally gotten the hibachi grill hot enough and the meat was sizzling and fuming yes and he is about to put this list on the fire because they've memorized it yeah he says it's Uh, too he says it's too dangerous we have to commit this to memory he says luckily i have a photographic one done done it's committed so he is about to put the list on the hibachi grill so it will burn 
And right as he's doing that, Cal takes another look at it and notices. In his mind. In his mind. Because he's learning. He sees, oh my God. All these people have the same address. This one address keeps coming up and coming up again. He goes, this doesn't seem like a coincidence. They are all connected. They all Some connection are from here. this one place. What is this place, he says. And that line echoes, echoes, what is echoes into a commercial that we did. Um, what is this place, uh, a kid asks Party City. to his parent. Party City, they say. Um, you're having a, there's a birth, it's, we're going to a party. It's, it's a birthday your birthday party. party. It's your birthday party. We love you very, 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 very much. And then we cut back to a Sierra club. Cal and Abby are in the midst of burning it down. Um, Cal is like, we're going to smoke him out. Everybody's all running out. They're screaming. He's throwing Molotov cocktails. Um, Abby's going still. He's throwing Molotov cocktails. Abby's running around torching it with a little big lighter. Um, <laughs> there's people screaming out on fire. Cal's grabbing them and he's, um, he's wrapping them in fire blankets to put them, put out the fire. And then he's asking, where's the broad and rolling them around on the ground. Cause they're still looking for, um, Abby's mom. Yeah. Right? That's basically it, what they're doing. Yeah. And they think she's there, and no, but nobody knows where I she is. I don't know is. anything, man. I don't, I don't know, know anything. anything. I don't even Quit know who you are. Me. I don't know why you're here. I'm just doing my job. I don't even make minimum wage to do this canvassing job. And Cal says, well, that's be- they're afraid to talk. This goes way deeper than I thought. These people mm-hmm. are good. They are not giving us anything. And Fire department shows up. Wee 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 is what it sounds like. The trucks roll up. The um, firefighters hop out. Cal and Abby, I mean, they're cops, right? Yeah. Through and through. Their blood runs blue. Yeah. Cal is like, oh, shit. Now this is happening. You know, uh-huh. Abby's Here like, oh, again. it's on. She starts cracking her knuckles, dude. <laughs> Really um, loud. And thank you to our sound department for... We had a lot of back and forth, me and the sound department, and how loud that needed to be, uh, that back and forth. And, you know, it was just never quite loud enough. But I think after I slipped the sound guy uh, 150 bucks and slipped him a little something else, he finally, he finally saw things my way or heard things my way. They used the effects he did for the... Um Abby's knuckles cracking for the Pharrell actually sampled it for um, drop it like it's hot. Yeah. So that's cool. So the police chief shows up in the middle of this altercation or right after it's this a altercation. Big fu- it's a, it's a, yeah. it's a big it's a brawl. Beat, beat down. Yeah. Cal and Abby are taking pipes and batons. Bashing them into the ground there's a guitar center next to the sierra club they're going in they're getting uh 12 string guitars four string basses smashing uke- them over people's heads ukuleles mm-hmm. mandolins 
they sell keyboards in there too. They in those called do guitar like a, kind of a whole discussion thing about where they that. like smash a guy on the head with a triangle, but like his head kind of squeezes through it and goes around his neck and it's kind of doing a little circle around his neck. And then Cal comes over. He with says, the oh thing. boy, I should be on the third segment of cat callers. <laughs> <laughs> I just got leashed. <laughs> yep. Um, I just got uh, leashed was actually one of those big catchphrases we got on the, yeah. on the, just the got t-sh- leashed. t-shirts. We were selling a lot of t-shirts um, from this WWAD. I just got leashed. Um, <laughs> the other one. That other one. Uh, my cat phone home. My cat phone home. <laughs> yeah, we were um, selling shirts from the <laughs> from the other show too. <laughs> America's Next Cat Caller. We were also selling shirts from that on the website for mm-hmm. Crime Stoppers. We got a lot of our budget for Crime Stoppers Miami from selling memorabilia of the catchphrases that we pulled from the lead-in shows that they did for our show that we worked into our episodes. Because you get the crossover audience because those lead-in shows would often have a very, very, very big audience. You know, and then we had our audience. And so if you would combine those, um, it would be very, very, very big. Um, Right. And what else were they going to do? Were they going to stop us? (laughs) No, you know, nobody at the network, nobody, you know, people saw us kind of as an immovable object and an unstoppable force. Mm-hmm. And then that's both, of, that's you and that's me. Yes. And they did what you do when you're faced with one of those things, which is you get run over. The only way out is through. The police chief, Ions, Cal, and Abby, uh, um, duffel bag, he's like, hey, why is you two um, Goombas been standing around your dicks? What are you doing? You're supposed to be out <laughs> doing detecting. Um, you know, I need you to, uh, I got uh, this duffel, I need you to take this governor's, uh, governor's gal, the governor's wife, Abby's mom, uh, is missing. <laughs> I need you to and take they're like, this. We know, we know, we're working on it. That's what Abby says. Cal's like, I've, I forgot. Um, <laughs> he, he goes, I'm so in, so deep now. I'm so far down this uh, rabbit hole that I don't even know which way is up anymore. Um, I need you to take this duffel bag, get the to the kidnappers, get Abby's mom back. Um, fine. Cal takes the duffel bag walks it into the burning he walks into the burning building and he stands tall while he does it um, uh-huh. we had a stunt we had a stunt guy do that i didn't want to touch it um he uh because and he got burned real bad um, oh, because yeah. i said it's gotta like look after it's gotta look real you know and so the stunt guy he got burned really bad doing this he walks in the burning building i said he can't i said if he's wearing he can't be i said i need this to be very metaphorical i need him to be naked uh, I need him to strip down, take off all his clothing and walk in there naked so that he could come out and he's been reborn. He takes the duffel bag in the burning building. He comes back out. He says, the kidnappers died in there and I almost did. And if they want their blood money, they could spend it in hell. And I had to get um, about six hours worth of burn makeup for the rest of the series after this scene. Yeah. Um. Of all was the, it worth it? 
For me, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think everybody thought you just looked like that? You know, it actually made it much more convenient for me to um, go out in public and stuff. You know, because people don't want to oh, um, people don't sure. want to look at you. So, because um, I would just wear it most of the time. Oh, okay. So then people would recognize you. I said, oh, you thought I meant because I would go out without the makeup on. They yeah, wouldn't people wouldn't me. recognize no, you. No, no, I would go I was out like, with I would hate it that. on. <laughs> I would hate I would, that. I would go out with it on. And um, people would but, recognize you. Well, but it, yes, but I'm, I was so grotesque that people wouldn't want to look at me and I found it very easy to shoplift. <laughs> oh, very yeah. easy to, you know, slip a five finger discount on a whatchamacallit. And I'm not talking about something I don't know the name of. Talking about the candy bar. The beloved candy bar. We cut to a commercial, commercial for it. Um, we did a whole who's on first kind of thing with those. We won't recap it here. You can watch the commercial. It's on Tubi. You can see it there. It's one of those things that can't be described. It's so good. No, I mean, it was basically two people <laughs> in a room with a whatchamacallit played by... The two of us, Kent Montagna and Piper Beckett, just pretty much reading dialogue to each other. But it's just not the same if we were to reenact it now. No, you have to watch it. You got to see the whatchamacallit. And you could look one up on the internet and look at it while we did the dialogue. But it wouldn't be the same. You got to see it on Canadian television. So then we come back to Miami. Crime Stoppers Central. Abby goes home after a long day. We come back to Miami. Crime Stoppers Central. I was trying something new. <laughs> we come back to I was trying Miami. something new. <laughs> Listen, you, try, you do little flourishes all the time. Crime Stoppers. We come back <laughs> to Miami. Listen, you get to do fun stuff. Crime Stoppers Central. Okay. All right. Abby goes oh, home. Oh, I see it now. I'm. So, you know what? I just shit on you for no reason. I'm so sorry. That's right. I'm so sorry, man. I just pulled up the scene, and I forgot we had put that on a sign. <laughs> yeah. I forgot that we had opened this scene with... um A big column. A big column. <laughs> that they put out in the middle of the Miami-Dade freeway. Column etched, uh, it says, Welcome to Miami. Yep. Crime Stopper Central. So Abby goes to the governor's mansion, uh, and her mom is there with a, and not alone, <laughs> there is a newborn baby suckling at her teat, um, the only thing babies really know how to do, uh, doing the thing babies do. And Abby is a little confused, um, because she just thought her mom was dead in that building. So she says that she goes, I thought you were dead in that building. And her mother goes, what? And Abby explains you were kidnapped and then there was a fire and then there was all this other stuff. We don't need but to you were ki- talk about who said it or why. Or yeah, whether we no. thought you were in there when we said it. <laughs> no. But if you had been, it would have been worth it. But I'm so glad you're not. 
And Abby's mom goes, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. No, I wasn't really kidnapped. <sighs> How do I explain this? And then we'll oh, actually, you know what? Let's cut to the clip. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. I, I wasn't really kidnapped. We, uh, we had to hide me away for a short time because I, <laughs> well, I guess you can kind of see I was pregnant with this baby. Um, and at some point in time before that, a witch had actually cursed me to take my firstborn. So as you can probably guess, we needed to hide me away. <laughs> but I'm back. Wait, you were pregnant? Yeah, obviously. Wait, witches are real? Um, yeah, sort of. Wait, wasn't I your firstborn? And, you know, I thought that was very um, powerful. And I thought it was oh so my, powerful. Oh, I cry every time I rewatch it. And you which cried is the days. whole time you performed it, pretty much. Um, you can't hear it in the voice, but there no, are... No, because we had to dub it. I mean, yeah, if the viewer is watching crying. it, you can see that it's basically, it's Piper playing across from herself who we cast as her own mother um it in a wig a curly wig um that we didn't it's curly um it was sort of last minute so we didn't have time to clip her hair up under the wig so it's a curly wig over piper's hair that then sticks out of the bottom of it and she's sobbing 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 Head down, tears streaming, head in her hand. If anybody saw, um, what was that movie, uh, um, uh, Uncut Gems, where he's going, you know, like, I'm so sad. I'm so fucked up. Fucked up. It's pretty much she looks like that. and we But we dubbed it with the clean audio you just heard. Um, very powerful. And at this moment, Abby's dad steps in and says... I'm so sorry, baby. I I should have told you before. She and your mom, she's your sister. That's why everyone says you all look so much alike. Why? What the? Wait, why? 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 Why would you lie to me about this? And her dad is, you know, he's like, I'm just doing my impression of him here. Um the guy we had playing the governor um who brian oh my cox. god he's he's one of those guys it's nope brian, that's the police chief he's one Fuck. of those guys it's he's like brian cox um and oh ryan schnocks it's ryan schnocks we had ryan schnocks he's playing the governor i don't remember if we had a different guy playing him earlier in the series but it, in any case it doesn't when we, matter when we cycle back here we got this guy mm-hmm. ryan schnocks he was a brian cox um impersonator um, Didn't look we, a thing like him. Yeah, no. We hired him for um, Peter's. We hired him for Peter's uh, birthday party. At Peter's yep. birthday, we wanted to have a guy who looked like Brian Cox. <laughs> But Tell didn't look actually Peter like how him much at all. he was disappointed in him at his birthday <laughs> yeah, party. We yeah. hired this guy. He was really good. We let yeah. him, we recast him as the governor. 
He's like, it's for the best. It's too complicated to explain right now. And yeah. Abby goes, well, does she know she's not my mom? And he's this like, is yeah, all- yeah, of course. Of course she knows it. She's not a, she's, she's not stupid. And Abby's like, okay, because that would be kind of gross and weird. Like, the, it, the secret is one thing, right? Keeping this a secret from me is really weird, and that's kind of one thing. And I won't pry if you don't want me to, but if she was, if you were acting like you were actually married to her, like behind closed doors, just the two of you, that would be really, that would kind of actually be too much. This blew a lot of viewers' minds because <laughs> essentially what we had done here is we'd said, okay, Abby's got this woman. She thinks that she's her mom. She thinks she's been kidnapped. Oh, no, actually, it wasn't her mom. It was the woman she's always thought was her mom is actually her sister. And her sister had to be have a st- kidnap stage because she was pregnant because a witch had cursed her to take her firstborn. Um, and But Abby's putting the pieces together, and the viewers did too, actually, on this one, which we didn't really expect, where they said, wait, so Abby's dad is married to her sister and isn't that a little bit disgusting and like there's a lot of chatter oh by yeah the, by the water coolers the about message it. boards were going off and abby's like um the governor he's pretty much for his part he's kind of like yeah that'd be gross and abby's like wait so who's my real mom and her dad is like um i can't say and I'm serious about that. Uh, and we cut. And so I guess, Kent, right here, we could probably clear some of this up. It, yeah. The further episodes do get into it, but yeah, I think, you know, in the in the interest of, you know, uncovering secrets, sharing behind the scenes info, sh- you know, answering long burning fan questions, I think it's safe to say here and now and to reveal here that no, it's not intended to be that Abby's dad and her sister are, you know, uh, pretending they're not having a kid together. They're not having a kid together. The dad's somebody different. No, it's a different guy. Cousin. It's a cousin. It's a cousin. (laughs) They're all actors. So they're not actually related. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, in most cases, the girl, the girl playing Abby's mom, sister, me wasn't actually pregnant. No, you weren't actually pregnant, and you didn't know because when you not until season four, exactly, and that was a different cousin. The point <laughs> is here that you know sometimes you don't know how you come up with a twist, crazy twist, and you don't really realize that your audience, who most for the most part are sort of like um, dull rocks who you can just piss anything and to, crap on and slop. feed slop to and they gobble it up like little piggies uh, without saying, what is this that I'm eating? Um, you don't think that they're going to say, wait, so is is the guy, is he, is, is he banging his daughter? You don't think they're going to say that. And they do say it. They send you letters about it. We cut to the post-credits scene. And this episode ran long, so we didn't have time for the credits. So we cut straight to the credits scene. 
you know, we basically put up one little screen. It said, you know, hey, thanks a bunch. You know who you are. Um, we cut to Cal knocking on the door to a double-wide trailer. And a woman who looks like the spitting image of Abby, played by Piper Beckett, opens the door. And she and Cal says, Hi, Mom. <gasps> wow. <sighs> well, an avid fans of the show know where this is going, but we'll end it on that for now. Yeah. We got a lot of <laughs> invoices after this episode aired for um, uh, socks, hats, and wigs from viewers whose had been blown off. <laughs> hey, you owe me. <laughs> and we had to start factoring that into the budget. Um, because Ontario law, which is where we had filmed this, actually says you got to pay for that stuff. We filmed in Toronto. Toronto is in Ontario. Oh, okay. That explains some stuff. We've got a segment for you. Number one on the bestseller list when episode seven of season one of Crime Stoppers Miami aired was who are the five who was called the five people you meet in heaven by mitch album not to be confused with mitchell lp um uh, so and so and it took a while but i got there and that was a good one and you laughed um and <laughs> well, I, was so about what, to, I was about to do it and so what we're gonna do here I was is about is, to do it we're gonna list who are the five people that we individually m- would meet in heaven. heaven number one for me number five for me is going to be barack obama uh barack obama i um i went to uh i went to elementary school with a kid named barack obama no relation he was my best friend um he died when i bumped into him with my hands and he fell down a something big what about you my first one would be or my fifth one would be my dog pepper um my dog pepper who pepper Potts? no but isn't it cute that her name was pepper and my name is piper um she died so i'll i'll be seeing her in heaven let me guess your number four is going to be a peter (laughs) (laughs) he wishes yeah, and number three. It would be hell. Three it would be hell be if Peter was there. Peck, comma, Gregory. Huh? And num- number two is going to be Pickle, Rick. <laughs> Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. My number four would probably have to be um, my first... Uh, my first acting coach, you know, he taught me to act from the head, not from the heart. And he um, taught so me that you can put swear. He said, "Put and his big thing was put a swear in it." He <gasps> often um, that was his uh, tagline, and that was yeah. how we sold the show. So I've gotta, I gotta meet him in heaven. My um, fourth would be my first ever assistant, Charlene. Um, oh, she, she was awful. Yeah, but I'm just thinking like 
she kind of knew a lot of secrets about me. And if I got to see her in heaven, I'd be like, hey, make sure you're not telling anybody in heaven all this stuff about me. Number so, That's more num- out of necessity than like wanting to see, which I think is smart. Number three for me would probably be um, the guy that played my stunt guy in this episode who got uh, himself burned up so bad, you know, um, so bad doing it. Um, because I guess I just want to give him a piece of my mind because it was such a pain in the ass getting my face done yeah. up for the rest of my life, pretty much yeah. my professional life that, that I say, you know, like, Hey, you know, um, maybe, maybe next time, you know, walk faster. Yeah. My number three would be my agent, Hillary. Um, I'm just kind of honestly, uh, I'm just kind of running out of people. Hillary Crank? Yeah. What? Why? I can't think of anyone else who would be in heaven. You know what I mean? It's the thing is. Yeah, that's the hard thing with his exercise. That's why this book was so popular. People were so impressed that this guy he came up with five people who would be in who would be in heaven. You know, when I go to heaven, I don't want to. I don't want to see a bunch of losers. You know, I don't want to go up to heaven, and uh, it's supposed to be eternal paradise. For me, I don't want to be hanging out with a bunch of losers for the rest of eternity. That's why my number two is Ken Montgomery, the guy who does my taxes. I always thought he was very handsome, and I don't really know anything about him or his worldview uh, other than he did my taxes and did a couple other favors for me, and I wouldn't mind seeing him again in Evan, what's your number two? Oh no, I I I I told you I can't think of anybody else who would be in heaven. You know, uh, uh, you got Barack Obama. Okay. You got um, the guy that did my face in this episode, and you got um. I thought it was your stunt double for the episode. The guy that the guy that screwed up my face is how I think of it. His face I think of as <laughs> oh, my face. It belongs sure. to me. And uh, my acting coach, my first acting coach. Those are the three people I could really think of that would be in heaven, you know. Um, mm. uh, um, oh, Piper. Yeah. Beckett. Kent Montana, I guess. Piper Beckett. <laughs> Yes, we could, yes, uh, yes, 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 make yes, a yes. TV show in heaven. My first middle school girlfriend is this uh, wait schmokin at the time to me as a child um, <laughs> schmokin chica named uh, Piper Beckett. No relation um, to you. She was related to me. She's my cousin, um, <laughs> and I hope I hope she's in heaven and she's an adult now. I hope she died as an adult. Because if she's still in middle school, it's not going to be interesting for me to see her in heaven. But if she's my age and she died as an adult, maybe we'll die together. Maybe we'll die in a fiery auto crash together in the heat of passion and we could spend eternity together. Me and my middle school girlfriend, Piper Beckett. What about you? What's your number one? I don't have one. My number one would be myself. I'd like to find myself up there. Take a look in the mirror. Maybe learn a couple things. Yeah. 
That would be good. Well, as always, Piper, I feel that we've grown a little bit closer. We've gained respect for each other uh, and uh, admiration for one another. Uh, recapping this episode of Crime Stoppers Miami. Ow, uh, ow, 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 I just leaned over hey, to Pat. Hey, yeah, he told the you, back. the doctor told you not to turn around, and I don't want to look at Joey. I don't want to look at Joey Tanner, who's the doctor has somehow the back. sculpted your buns we into Joey Tanner's We were recording back Tanner's to back, and I turned around to pat you on the back. You're sporting double uncles back there. <sighs> And you got twin saggots in the front. <laughs> and it, and I gotta say, it's working for me. <laughs> oh, thank you, Kent. I forgive you for not saying I'm going to heaven. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll see <sighs> you next week. You're not going to heaven. Is that what you were all in a twist about? You're not going to heaven because well, I'm not as far in a twist as I'm. Because it hurts. Oh, as, oh, oh, oh. As far as I'm concerned, you and I together rewatching Crime Stoppers Miami, we're already there. Oh, you can listen to Crime Watchers anywhere that podcasts are sold: Apple, Tubi, Ubi, Quibi, Ciso, Threeso, Miso, Soup, uh, (laughs) and that is it. We'll see you next week. Bye bye. in the crib, ma. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. When the pigs try to get at you. Park it like it's hot. Park it like it's hot. Park it like it's hot. And if a nigga get an attitude. Pop it like it's hot. Pop it like it's hot. Pop it like it's hot. I got the rollie on my arm and I'm pouring Chandon and I'm all the best weed cause I got it going on. I'm a nice dude with some nice dreams. See these ice cubes. See these ice creams. Eligible bachelor. Million dollar bow. That's whiter than what's spilling down your throat. The phantom exterior like fish eggs. The interior like suicide wrist red. I can exercise you. This could be your fizz ad. Cheat on your man, man. That's how you get a hiccup.